I'm Caleb, and this is the Air of Grievances podcast. So, today I have my interview with my close college friend, Doug Kay. And this is a great interview, you guys. I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, this is going to be a multi-parter. This is going to be not just a one-part episode. The entire conversation in its raw form lasted over three hours. I think I can edit it down a little bit and uh, trim a little bit off of that. But um, this is definitely going to be at least a two-parter. This is a long conversation, but it's a good conversation with a lot of really good content. A lot of common ground that I didn't see coming. I was surprised. Doug is a close friend of mine, but I was still surprised by this conversation. This is a great conversation. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I know you will. I'm going to bank on it. And I have to say this. The day that I recorded this, I had just heard the most recent episode of my favorite podcast, Drunk Ex-Pastors, with Jason Kingery and Christian Stellman, and they mentioned me within the first five minutes by name. They bring me up and they have a conversation about myself and my interview with Jay Baker, and you got to check it out. You got to listen to it. You also got to check out Doug's podcast. It's called We Busy But Creative, My Dude. And it's on iTunes, it's on your favorite podcast apps, check it out. Doug is amazing, I love Doug, he's a tastemaker. He is a culture shifter. He's amazing, I love this guy, check it out. I'm looking to upgrade all my stuff in the next like couple months, because like I'm going to go, I'm like going to take the podcast on the road. Cool. Yeah. Like tour with it almost? Yeah. That's cool, man. I've got like friends in Virginia and New Jersey and New York that I really want to get on. And I just like would, it's a good excuse to just get out of Kentucky for a little bit. And like, what's, what's it about? Mostly? Oh, it, the podcast is, have you not listened to it? No, Which is man, okay. I haven't. I'm not, sorry. I'm not at all. I will though. I will. It's called a, we busy book creative, my dude. It's about people who work like nine to five day jobs, just okay. regular old day jobs but spend their free time working on creative projects. Oh man, that's a really good idea for a podcast. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I've, I've gotten a lot of, I've got like 12 or so interviews like ready to go, like waiting nice. to put out. So I'm like doing it on a week to week basis right now. So. That's a good idea to like pre-record. I think I recorded like six or s- no, like eight or nine episodes before I ever actually started putting oh, stuff wow. out. That's like professional, man. I was grinding. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it on the podcast if you want, but I, um, are you already recording? I, yeah, I, I hit record whenever I start the call. Oh, okay, cool. I like that. It's kind of Mark Maroney, you know? Yeah. Like, Pete <laughs> like sneak attack. Yeah. Like Pete Holmes. Exactly. Very conversational. Yeah. I do that as well on my podcast. Like I hit okay. record before we walk into the booth and we just get me talking. But, um, yeah, I like that. It's like a natural flow. It's less like a setup, you know, yeah. less gimmicky, I guess. Yeah, it kind of like came out of like this like deep depression because I was like mm. dating this girl and stuff and like I was just like fucked. I was just really fucked up, like not like on drugs or anything, just like sad. And yeah, shit. no, I hear you. Yeah, I knew I'd been wanting to do a podcast for a while, but like every time I'd come up with an idea, it was working with somebody else, mm, mm-hmm. and it just never came to fruition because of the other person. Like uh, right, never, like. Mm-hmm put themselves into it like I did. Right. So I was driving down the road one day and I was just like, man, how I was listening to Pete. And I was like, how can I do this mm. without 
interviewing famous people, you know, cause I'm not famous. Right. So uh, the best way to do it, I figured was like people in town, I so many people here in town mm-hmm. live that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just, that's sustainable. That's a sustainable idea because you're not going to like run out of people who work nine to fivers. Exactly, man. And yeah. creative fivers as well. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. And it's hard. It's, it's ironic cause it's hard to do a podcast by yourself. Like it, it can get kind of dull but then at the same time, when you try to collaborate with someone who's not on the same page as you, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I Like I talked to my friend Tim wanted to do one for a while. He wanted it to be like primarily like a black culture, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Like I'm very tuned with African-American culture and stuff like that. And right. All that kind of stuff. And but it just like he was just too busy working and stuff. And and then Cameron wanted to do one about comic books. And like I'm oh, not really a comic yeah. reader. But I would be totally down to do it. I uh-huh. was just like, dude, send me some stuff. That could be actually interesting, like an interesting dynamic to have a person who doesn't know comic books and then one who does. Oh, yeah. I was just like, just send me a list and I'll go buy them. You know what I mean? Like I'll find I'll find you stuff. There you go. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just never like fell into place, you know, so. Yeah, it's a bummer. But it's all good. I mean, we're, we're doing the thing. Cameron was on episode I put him out. He was like my fourth interview, but I think I put him out as five. Yeah. Nice. Cameron Del Rosario. Lee Williams from Sleeper Agent. Did you know him? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, he. I'm about to put his out tomorrow. Okay, cool. Okay. Clarky Boy was on it. Nice. Dude, you know, you actually do kind of know some famous people with all the bands in Bowling Green. Like, I bet you could get, like, Morning Teleportation or, or uh, Cage the Elephant or somebody, you know? I don't really. I talk a little bit of shit about fucking KGF. Yeah, yeah. I've had honestly had some beefs, like personal beefs. I won't go into it, but I think Cameron and I were just talking about how we've had mutual experiences where we've heard people listening to KG Elephant and mistake it for Kid Rock. <laughs> That's perfect, man. That, yeah, I would have never so. thought of that comparison, but now that you bring that up, like that makes so much sense. <laughs> well, like I was at Hooters Danny one time in uh, Nashville, and these like it was like middle of the afternoon. It was like three in the afternoon. There was this table of like eight or nine ladies that were probably in their like early thirties, and they were like doing shots. Damn. Putting him back. Ain't no rest for the wicked came on, and one of them looked at her, the one of the other girls, and was like, "Is this Kid Rock?" And then the other, the girl she asked was just like, "Yeah, I think it is Kid Rock." <laughs> she confirmed it. Oh, that's too God perfect. Damn it. Oh man. Yeah, it was it was gold. Oh, dude, can I put that part in the episode? <laughs> that's fine. I don't care. The Kid Rock thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. That is too funny. Oh my god. All right, man. So, how do you normally start these things? Yeah, um, just it's it's kind of gimmicky, but like I mean, we usually just kind of have a conversation, and then at some point, I bring up religion, you know, or we can we can just dive into that if you want, or we can we can catch up for a little bit. We can ease into it. Yeah, I um I listened to that, (laughs) so I downloaded like first five episodes. Oh, dope, man! I listened to the first part of the right winger. Yeah. That's Nick. I listened to like, his is like an hour long, Nick. Okay, yeah. I listened to like 45 minutes of that and I had to turn it off because I was just like. Yeah. Uh, I don't. No, yeah. I kind of prefaced it with like saying this is this is hard for me to air. Yeah, you prefaced it perfectly, but like it hurt to listen to because I know he's 14 
And I'm like, you sound so misguided right. in the fact that you think that your opinions will never change from now till you're like mid twenties. So you heard that part. Yeah. Where I was like hinting around, like, do you think maybe your views will evolve? Like, yeah, I got far enough into it. I was just like, it, I just couldn't listen to it anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to shit on it because he's 14. Well, I mean, feel free to like, <laughs> like based a lot of his like, views off of like youtube videos and stuff like that that's his only references as opposed to personal life experiences see that's the thing man i think that's what breaks down like discrimination and and causes changes you knowing people from that group that you've like kind of fantasized or like you know made a fetish almost yeah for sure but like knowing you know knowing actual like you know like trans people or or you know people from fringe parts of society totally changes your perspective on, on that group, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I, um, it was a little out there for me, honestly. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other people who listen to it that know you probably thought it was a little bit out there as well. Just cause like he seems to be the black sheep of the family. I think he's trying to be honestly. Oh really? Like, he's, you know, he's the youngest of five boys I think he's trying, honestly, he's trying to, I think, find his path and, like, stand out sort of thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. He's 14. I think we all did that when we were 14. You know, like, I found punk rock and was uh-huh. just like, fuck system, you know, like, that kind of shit. So I totally get it. It's right. just. It's painful, it seems though. Like he's taking a very interesting way of going. <laughs> finding his way that's a really nice way to put it interesting (laughs) i don't like i said i don't want to shit on him like because he's 14 and he hasn't lived i think that's insightful dude i think that's really insightful yeah yeah Yeah. i think you're right i think that's that's a nice way to put it yeah i find it really hard to like shit on some like if someone my age was saying that i'd be like you're a fucking moron (laughs) right no you're right you're right He's like a freshman in high school, I'm assuming, sophomore yes. somewhere there. Freshman, yeah. yeah, so I'm just like, I mean, I said and did a lot of stupid shit when I was that age, so I kind of get it. Right, yeah, yeah, that's the break you can cut him for at least a few more years, but then after that, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're locked in. Once he in. hits like 18 and goes to college, like if he's still that way, then he's probably going to be set in that way for a while. For a minute at a least until he's like 26, 27 or something. I feel like those are the pivotal shifts. He's going to have a really hard time socializing because, like, people his exactly. age... Exactly, he's going to be labeled. Yeah, there aren't people his age that are really feeling that. I mean, I don't know many 14-year-olds personally, and if I did, it would be fucking creepy, but <laughs> I uh, I just... I see, I see a very dynamic shift going on with the youth, and, like, they... Mm. It just seems like everyone's a little bit more socially aware these days. And yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, no, I'll, you know, I'll let it slide. <laughs> right. No, that's a good take, man. That's that's honestly, that's generous of you. And I, I think it's it's really uh, objective. I mean, I tried listening to Milo Yiannopoulos. He did oh, interview Joe Rogan. And I, I gave him like that. out. That interview was probably like three and a half hours or something like that. I think I gave him a total of 45 minutes before I was just like, this guy's a fucking moron. You probably understand that Milo guy better than I do. I've been trying to wrap my head around him because everyone says he's a troll. Does that mean that he's he's playing a part? He's like a- 
acting. He's like lying about his beliefs because he's he's openly gay, but he's supernly super conservative. And it's like so then I think that maybe got people saying that he's like acting. He's like being a troll. I don't I don't know if I even understand what a troll is. Like, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, a troll is just someone who's literally trying to piss people off. Okay, that's what I thought. You know okay. what I mean? Like, that's all you're trying to do. Like, the Trump protesters that go to Bernie rallies. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Those- oh, so they're still being themselves. They're not, they're not like, sarcastically, ironically. Sometimes it is, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, if I got on my friend James does it all the time. Like he's been doing this since high school. He just like makes up beliefs that he doesn't actually have, but he plays the advocate. You know what I'm saying? Like we were in high school and I think we read, um, night by Ely Wiesel or whatever his name is. Oh yeah. That that's a, that's a classic high school book for sure. That's if there's like mice and men and stuff. Yeah. And at the end of it, James was just like, uh, the Holocaust didn't happen. And I was just like, Oh, troll city. Like, I know he doesn't believe in that. And like, he, he, you know, took it back pretty quickly after class. You know, I was just like, do you really think that? And he was like, no, like (laughs) I'm not a fucking moron, but, um, but he just like wanted to like fuck with people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. So is that, do you think, is that the type of troll that Milo is? Or does he really believe that he's saying he's being, like, provo- provocative about it? I I don't know. I try to ignore that guy as much as humanly possible. Like, yeah. I just try and keep him off my radar. But I don't know, man. It seems like he there's a lot of, like, self-loathing going on there. Right. You yeah. I mean? Like, he's openly gay, but he fucking hates himself for it. So he preaches. Right. I think that like. I, think, I think a lot of it comes from self-loathing. Mm. I could be wrong. Don't know the guy. Don't want to know the guy. I would love to never meet him. <laughs> I would love to never meet him. I love that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it comes from a place of self-loathing. Because I mean, you. Right. I, I've read a lot about like he's very open about his sexual exploits and stuff like that. Mm. And I, I don't get how you can you know have an orgy with a bunch of dudes and then tell people that being gay is wrong. Like, yeah, what? where it like, doesn't add up. It doesn't add up at all. So it, it might be just trolling. It might be like taking a stab at the liberal snowflakes and air quotes for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. But, um, cause I don't like using that phrase like at all <laughs> saying uh, that you're doing air quotes. No, 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 no. Liberal. Oh, the liberal. Yeah, I, I okay. don't. Yeah. Um, it might just be him like taking a little stab at that. I don't I don't really get it personally. Right. I don't know if. Yeah. He, maybe one day he'll like write a book and it'll be a bestseller. He has a book out. Oh, has he? I wonder if it's him as his troll voice or if it's him like on being real. Like, I, I wonder if he could write a book and be just totally real. Have you ever like seen pictures of him before? Yeah, I've, like, seen some, like, late-night show interview with him or something. I mean, he just, like, I, this, this Like might, how flamboyant you know, he is? Yeah, I was gonna say, this might come off a little wrong, but dude looks flamboyant as shit. Right, sure. I mean, I don't think that's wrong to say that he's it's flamboyant. It's not like he's, um, it's not like he just, like, kind of looks like a normal dude and sucks dick on the down low sometimes, but he's just, like, super open about it. Right, and he, he's... 
Well, he's choosing to project it, and he's like, like you said, he's describing his exploits in detail. Like that's a choice, bro. Like yeah. he's in the public eye, and he knows it. He's got two books out. Does he really? Yeah. He has one called Dangerous that came out last year, and then he has one called Despicable that came out this year. Weird, man. I do not want to read those books. No, me neither. I like I, I don't said, want those I thoughts in my head. I couldn't get it. <laughs> I couldn't get into the fucking Joe Rogan thing. It just made me mad, honestly. But I also can listen to Alex Jones rant for like four and a half hours. <laughs> oh, that dude. Uh, you know what, man? My... We'll call it a Nick phase. My Nick phase was I got into Alex Jones for a little bit, man. I don't. Okay, there's like so. I was by. I was drinking the Kool Aid. He has some dangerous ideas. Yes, he's rallying the troops, and and that's dangerous. I think. Yeah, but I am on board with some of the conspiracy stuff that he's uh, that he spouts. Well, I, I, and that's only because like the Bilderberg stuff and the yeah, I mean, and the fact that he was the one who busted open Bohemian Grove, mm, he, right? Yeah, he made that public to to uh-huh. the world. Like that was almost like a WikiLeaks move. Yeah, and there had always been that conspiracy that like these high powered people would gather once a year in this place and like have uh-huh. like child sex orgies and there'd be like child prostitutes and shit like that. And he always talked about it, and then it turns out to be fucking real. Mm-hmm. And like the whole PizzaGate thing, like I'm, I'm not on board, but I believe that it was real. You know what I'm saying? And that's uh-huh. only based on every i used to be obsessed with this podcast called those conspiracy guys it's these two irish dudes and they usually have a third guest on as well but once you like start listening to them back to back to back to back to back Uh all of these conspiracies break down to high-powered people having sex with children and it's it's fucking horrifying that is but when the whole pizzagate thing came out i was just like yeah, I can see that being real. I mean, you break it down to any any real like conspiracy comes down to like and it's not like a gay thing. It's a it's a power thing. It's a power thing, right? Yeah. And I mean, Alex Jones talks about like, you know, Barack Obama like being at these parties and stuff like that and mm. it's hard to say when you're not there. Exactly, but it seems like it's one of those things and if it is real, it seems like it's one of those things that people know it goes on, but not everyone partakes. You know what I mean? Right. Which almost kind of puts the blame on nobody and everybody at the same time. Because if everybody knows about it, then you're kind of being a willing participant if you're not saying anything. But at the same time, if you do say something, then the burden is on you, not only from the people that you're adding out, but, you know, like to actually now you've got to commit to like giving details and and disclosing why you didn't disclose those details earlier and stuff like that, you know, like, yeah. And it's, yeah, it is real depressing. I had to stop listening to that podcast. Honestly, like I love, I love conspiracies and I love the idea of conspiracy thought. You do. It just gets real depressing sometimes. Like I just, right. uh, Yeah. I like that about you, man, your uh, your fascination with conspiracies. And I think it takes a level of open-mindedness to be able to even entertain a lot of those ideas. 
Yeah, dude. I never, I mean, I've always considered myself to be open-minded. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. you're very I would, open-minded. I impressionable isn't really a word I, I would like to use, but sometimes I find myself being impressionable by these things. Sure. I was never really into all this until I started listening to stuff about aliens. Okay. Okay. And I was like, it's a good place to start. I like that. That's a good. Yeah. Answer. I was like aliens. I started listening to stuff like, okay, David Icke was my intro to aliens. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't. And it's funny because I had an alien phase too. I actually talk about it in an interview I did recently with my buddy Tom that I haven't released yet. But, um, but yeah, we, we both had like a, you know, Mayan, a 2012 alien sort of obsession going on right out of high school sort of thing. So David Icke is the guy who like, I don't know if he was the original mouthpiece for the whole reptilian thing, but he's the one who brought it to the fucking public. So like he used to be a soccer player in England and then he became a, a, a soccer announcer and then he made his way into writing books about reptilians <laughs> wow what a shift yeah that's a transition right there that's a career that's a bold career move that's rebranding yeah <laughs> i remember where it first started like i was oh i was down in texas for south by southwest last year oh nice and um i was sitting on my computer one morning before all the shows and everything either way i was sitting on my computer and someone shared a buzzfeed link on Facebook that was like Justin Bieber's eyes change color or something like that. Justin Bieber's suspected reptilian. And I was just uh-huh. like, I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Uh-huh. And then I, I like brought my friend John in. He was like, no dude, that shit's real. You need to look it up. And I was like, Oh fuck. And that's <laughs> rabbit hole for about four hours that morning. I was just like watching David Icke videos and like different videos of like celebrities, like eyes changing and shit like that. Right. And then and I was just like, OK, this is interesting, but I didn't really invest too much into it. And then I got into this podcast called Last Podcast on the Left. OK, I've heard that name maybe from you. Yeah, it's a comedy podcast. It's really good. Um but they were talk. They talk about reptilians, like they do alien episodes specifically. Okay. And they were talking about reptilians, and I was just like, "Fucking what?" And then like you learn about Dulce Air Force Base, which is like supposedly this like nine-story compound underground in New Mexico, where the U.S military works alongside of like these different alien races and stuff like that. Like there's reptilians, there's grays, there's mantids, all this kind of stuff. And then like when, when you just hear the word reptilian shapeshifters, you're kind of like, this is kind of dumb. But then you start learning about grays, which are the, you know, the ones that everyone talks about being abducted by, you know what I mean? Like with the weird, shaped head the weird head like the um teardrop shaped head you know what i mean yes Uh uh-huh like that and then you hear all these like accounts of people being abducted and there's just a lot of like weird evidence that kind of like backs it up a little bit like who was it barney and betty hill they were abducted or what maybe it was just betty hill that was abducted and i can't remember honestly but after because she was trying to prove that she was abducted, right? 
Okay. And um, she claimed that she had seen this like weird fucking 3D interactive star map on the ship and then came back and drew it out. And it like was like pretty close to like what Carl Sagan and everyone else was talking about at the time. And it was just like really fucking strange. And mm. almost like one of those out of body experiences in, in the hospitals you hear about where people like see shit on top of the shelf, you know, that they couldn't have seen in the bed sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I started watching documentaries and things like that. I recently watched one on Netflix. It's called Patient 17. And it's about this doctor who is famous for alien abductees going to him to extract like little microchips basically out of like chips. Okay. Yeah. And you, the guy who does the documentary who's like filming it is a skeptic from the start. And he like films this guy taking actually like digging around in this dude's leg and pulling out this little tiny sliver of metal. Right. And by the end of it, they have analyzed all the different, elements that are in they're just they're talking about how there's like 117 different types of like metals in this little thing and it just like Uh would never naturally occur on earth or anywhere else basically inside this solar system so it like had to be man-made and like man-made metals metals and alloys and stuff on earth are usually only made up of about five elements as opposed to like over a hundred Wow. Okay. It's like, holy shit. It just kind of left me being like, okay, this is interesting. But then you have people like fucking Stan Romanek. There's a documentary about him on Netflix. And that dude is just a fucking liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just. Okay. I don't know who he is. No, and that's fine. He, I mean, if it says anything, I only got like 22 minutes into his documentary. Like, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> But he claims to be uh, he claims to have been abducted like multiple times by the same group of aliens and like there's just like this like horrible shot of him inside of his kitchen like he's shooting inside of his kitchen to a, a window and then you just see this little this gray head pop up outside and it's just like oh, dude that didn't even look real like at all okay so you is would he be a troll to kind of bring it back. He, it seems like he really believes it, but it seems like he's delusional. Well, how would he have a fake, like a, a doctored video that he didn't know was doctored? No, no, no. Like he doctored it. But then how would he believe it if he, if he knows that he made that shit up? Is he just trying to recreate something he's that he thinks happened? So you, so you think he doesn't believe it? I mean, he might believe it. Like he, there's a, there, he might have actually seen a UFO at some point in time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then he needed something to back up his claims. I see. Okay. Which is really shooting yourself in the foot because then once people can prove that you made something up, like, you know, then you're discredited. Yeah, but this dude's also a piece of shit because, like, after the documentary came out and, like, people started to find his name, they started to look him up, and then it turns out, like, earlier in his life, he was, like, arrested for, like, being a child molester or some shit like that. Ouch. And it's just like, okay. Like, Oof. even if... You can't brush that one under the rug. Exactly. And it's like, even if this dude is 
trying to like be honest he's completely discredited now just like based on his past i don't even want anything to do with him you know what i mean but right you hear other like credible people talking about aliens and i mean i think i also think it's really ignorant to think that there are no aliens that there there are no other life forms out there, that there couldn't be other life you, you don't think there could be no 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 i'm i'm, I'm trying to oh, complete yeah. your sentence there yeah yeah it that it is ignorant to to assert we are the only possible replica, you know, like representation of life. Yeah, exactly. And right. And um, it's also a really lonely thought too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. Did you mm-hmm. think that we're the only forms of life in this infinite expanding universe? Mm-hmm. It's it, it's sad and it's lonely, and I would rather choose to believe that. There are fucking, you know, reptilians, but the reptilian thing, like that goes all the way back to like ancient Mayans and all that kind of stuff. They all have story. Native Americans as well have stories about people coming out from underground who like look like lizards, things like that. Mm. Okay. It's almost like the ancient aliens thing with like all the cultures having stories about, you know, UFOs and stuff coming out of the sky and all or angels, you know, like flying from outer space is, is how we would word it now. Yeah. You know, like if you're coming from the heavens, quote unquote, like that, that just means outer space, right? Well, yeah, I would imagine so. But I think like I heard this theory that Jesus was an alien. Don't don't like fucking shoot me in the, in the face for saying I, I wouldn't. No, dude. Come on. I uh, like my lack of reverence for shit is <laughs> is pretty extreme. Well, there's a there's a group of like good aliens. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Like, the Greys are more interested. This is getting real weird, real quick. No, I like it. I love it. The Greys. This is what are, I was hoping for. <laughs> they're interested in us for experimental reasons, and okay. like apparently the way that they look or people say that they look, you know, with the, like triangle head and then the big eyes and everything. They say that they look that way because that's what they see us as basically. Like they're trying to recreate how we look. Right. Okay. Okay. See, I like that because that kind of addresses a question I've always had, which is like, if there are other life forms, why are they so humanoid looking? Like how could their evolution have paralleled ours so much? Like, do they come from a, like a primate? Like that doesn't even make any sense. If, if life evolved so far away from the elements of our solar system, I'll get into the whole primate thing and everything like that. And then there's the reptilians, which are like nefarious. They kind of, the, the story behind them is that they were on earth before humans or ever evolved. You know what I'm saying? Before primates ever. Evolved. Okay. They were like the natural inhabitants of Earth. Is it like a engineering thing, like genetic engineering? Like they, I'm I'm getting there. They don't okay. have anything to do with that. But then there's the ancient aliens called the Anunnaki, right? And their story is that they traveled to Earth to find gold to help. I think it was like power their spaceships or some fucking weird like that. I really can't remember this. That part of the story is like really vague and everyone kind of has different explanations as to why they were here looking for gold. But the story is they came looking for gold. They got okay. here, they got fucking lazy and then they mated with primates and created humans basically. Okay. That's kind of like where the idea of like creationism comes in and stuff like that. But Okay. That's where I kind of start to get lost just with the science of it because it's like, don't you have to be the same species to breed with something? 
Yeah, I don't. This is alien theory is theory. You know what I mean? Like it's right. It's not hard fact. I'm just I'm just spouting off what I've heard and learned. So like uh-huh. I, I'm not a you know I'm not an alien researcher by any means. Um, right. But you are convinced by the lizard people. Oh yeah, dude. I think that there is a very nefarious force that's going on on Earth right now that has something to do with like population control. And I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, you just hear high powered people say things like, like, uh, Prince, was it Prince Harry or was it Prince William or something like that? He, he has some quote where he basically like something like there's too many people on earth. Like we need to like have another genocide kind of not, not those words, you know what I'm saying? But the general sentiment of it, and um, wow. it's just like really weird. And then you have like these these like long lineage lines of like you know these European families that really don't breed outside of their oh, family yes. and outside of their bloodline. Like the not the Bilderberg group. That's an actual like group. But um, the uh, right the Roth the Rothschilds. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That family. I mean they own like 99% of like the world's wealth or something like that. Like that one family, you know what I mean? And then you have like the, the, the blood, the bloodline in England, the, the Royal line and everything like that. And I mean, there's like theories about how like Diana, you know, they, they murdered her cause like she left the family and they were afraid she was going to talk and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've read stuff okay. about, Putin saying that, that the Queen of England's like shape shifted in front of him and stuff like that, but like these high powered families are typically where like reptilian shapeshifters lend themselves to be. Okay, so is the theory that Justin Bieber isn't like a doppelganger of an existing human? It's that he's a fabricated alien. Yeah, being. like that that alien changed itself to look like a person basically a pre-existing person or just like a made-up just like a made-up they, they made person yeah just a just a you know a new a new person but it's like so they can work themselves into high profile society to cause change to cause distractions okay like they take your they take your mind off of like things that are like going on behind those closed doors yeah to, i mean like when you like hear about like these like weird laws being passed and like something like with the Kardashians happened, you know what I'm saying? But people uh-huh. are talking about that. Right. No, I, I like that sentiment of like, um, it, that, and that's almost kind of ties in with some Eastern religions and, and maybe that connects with your, with your interest in Buddhism, but like that sentiment that life is just full of these distractions that pull us away from, you know, the important shit, Definitely. the stuff that really matters. And, and like the whole reptilian stuff, like, they say that with the distractions, it takes your mind away from like actually understanding that they exist and that they want us to be sheep. They want us to be cattle. You know what I'm saying? Just to like close our minds off. And if like, and if there was just like a, like a universal awakening, like they'd be fucked. Mm. Like that, that's the belief at least. But okay. what I was really going to get to with Jesus uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah, let's, let's hear this one. There's a group of good aliens called the Palladians. Okay. And the only thing that they want is the betterment of human society and life. So, like, 
once human life started, Palladians came down, Jesus took human form, and, you know, kind of gave everyone the fucking groundwork of, like, how to be a good person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that, mm-hmm. whenever I, like, think about, like, you know, I'm not really a Christian, but whenever I think about Christianity, I really just think of it as a framework as to how to be a good person. I agree, dude. I, I've come to a point where I I don't think it's about what you believe. I think it's about how you live your life. And if beliefs are essential to make you live your life a certain way, then that's great. You know, but it doesn't really matter what those beliefs are. And earlier, actually, you used the phrase, "I what I choose to believe. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting way to word it, you know, and you hear that from time to time. And I use that phrase from time to time. But like, choosing to subscribe to a belief yeah versus just like putting yourself all into it well yeah right i mean i'm not gonna there's so much of the bible that i don't particularly agree with especially stuff sure. in the old testament like wearing oh yeah i right. wear mixed blend fabrics all the time and- <laughs> that's a good poll man good reference <laughs> yeah like I, I you know shit like that but I right. see a benefit of, you know, helping out your 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 neighbor and just right. general love, you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. yeah, when I started to get into Buddhism and Hinduism and all that kind of stuff, when I was learning, because like I had obviously been introduced to Christianity at a very early age, like most people in America are. Yeah. Because that is just the way it seems to go. It's the default. Yeah, it's it's the default. Um <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like downloading a program and <laughs> yeah it, it's the operating system yeah and when i started to get into buddhism and hinduism and everything like that i was like they are really they're all talking about the same thing you know what i'm saying i agree like buddhism yeah. and, and hinduism really talks about the idea of the word god can mean love it can mean the universe preach Preach. I, um, and when I think about all that, I started to think about like the Holy Trinity, the father, the son, the Holy spirit and everything. And I'm just like, I am the Holy Trinity. Like I, I am creation. I create like, and it, and it exists within me. You know what I mean? Like it's, I like that. Okay. I I saw it all kind of just blend together. And I was just like, why do I need to like define myself as like one thing like i i'm clearly not an atheist i'm clearly not an agnostic but i'm also i wouldn't like strictly call myself a buddhist i wouldn't call myself hindu i wouldn't call myself christian if anything if i okay. label myself as would be like new age you know what i'm saying mm. where i mm-hmm. like a blend of everything together because it's all the same thing yeah dude i'm i agree with you like, that's all it is. Like, it's just using different stories to relate to different groups of people, but telling the same stuff. Yeah, dude, I agree. I, I agree. T- uh, and before we get too far away from it, and I love what you're saying, um, and I'm on the same page, man, totally. Uh, but about the, the Jesus alien thing? Oh, yeah. Would the Buddha have been, have been an alien from the same group? It's super possible. I've never, I've never yeah. like, heard that, but yeah, I could imagine. Right, because I mean they're saying the same shit, right? Yeah, like, I don't see why not, and I mean, I don't see why the Hindu gods couldn't have been the same as well. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, 
And I like how in, in Hinduism, it's almost a Trinity thing. Like the we see it as like being polytheistic is, is our Western term for it. But if you actually talk to Hindus, all the different gods are just different representations of the one god. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's like a normal fucking person. You have different personality traits. Every no yes. one is just one thing. Like no one is just angry. You know what I mean? Like you have a little bit of everything in you because of your life experiences, like your brother Nick hasn't lived. But <laughs> it's just good callback. Human beings are too complex to break them down to one adjective. Oh man, nailing it! Yes. So I don't see like I don't see why it couldn't just be one thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and I'm not like, totally. I'm not like gonna sit here and preach creationism or anything because I'm I. I but I'm also not going to preach evolution just because, like, I don't really know where I stand on any of it because I'm not a scientist. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I'm not I'm not science-based. I just kind of – and that's another thing. Like, I learned all this stuff and then kind of just decided to, like, make my own ideas, uh-huh. you know, more or less, which is kind of, like, where I can, like, blend aliens with – fucking buddhism and stuff like that yeah okay that's that's great because i was going to ask you how you uh how you marry those beliefs together and that's cool i guess the answer is just having such an open mind really and yeah and entertaining whatever kind of comes into your radar yeah exactly and i don't see why i I shouldn't it's uh Mm -hmm. if you had to guess if i was creationist versus evolutionist what what would you guess i think you're somewhere in the middle Nailed it. I think both. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. No, I don't think they are either. Even if even if we were created, I don't see how I don't see why like God air quotes. Uh, yes. Yeah. The universe. I don't like the word God, man. I really don't. I I love the word God, but I use. Do you? I have baggage around. I it. do. I do love the word God, but I use it in so many different ways. Like I can say. Like, I see God in you when I really am saying I see love. Or, like, there's God yeah. around me all the time when I'm talking about a universal energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's I like that. It, yeah. it doesn't have to mean what it has been, what I want to say misconstrued as, is, like, you know, some dude up in the sky with a white beard who's kind of watching you do everything. Yep. It's an energy. It's a, it's a flow. It's... It's love. It's you. It's me. It's uh-huh. everyone. It, you know. Man, that's great, dude. It's not. Yeah, it's not a man in the sky. I remember, like, when it first clicked for me, I heard Ram Dass. Ram Dass is like who I really. Do you hear him on Pete Holmes? Huh? Yeah, I learned about him from Pete Holmes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I heard that podcast episode. I love that one. So he, I mean, he he used to talk about Ram Dass like way more than he does now, but I. Broke up with this girl um, in January of 2016. Yeah. Okay. And I was just really, really lost. But I also knew that I didn't want to be angry about anything, right? And so I was just kind of taking it day by day, but I was very, very sad. Yeah. And I was, I went to, I just like made this last minute trip to go to Virginia to go see my friends. And I was just like, I need to get away. I need to be around people I love and everything. And, um, Mm. so I go out there for like a weekend and like I'm driving back and, um, I was, I listened to Pete Holmes. It's like a 12 hour drive. I listened to Pete Holmes the the entire trip, you know, just episode after episode after episode. 
And I heard him quote Ram Das and say, um, see love in everyone, see God in everything. And I was just like, fuck. And it was, it was like it just smacked mm. me in the face. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, wow. Mm. And I and in that moment, I understood that God, like what they were saying is God was really just the universe. You know what I mean? It 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 is what it is. Like we have tech. God tech. God is in technology. Like it's it's human based. But the universe created us some sort of energy. You know what I mean? Like something. Mm something fucking happened to to where we could be at this point basically to create right thing and Mm -hmm. and like trees and nature and grass and i mean and it really helps that when you do like mushroom can we talk about drugs is that yeah totally i talk about drugs all the time you know it was like (laughs) off limits yeah no go for it it's like when you take mushrooms you know i was talking about this with my therapist she was just like what like what do you think you've like gotten out of like doing mushrooms Mm-hmm. I was like, you see love and God in literally everything. Like, and it's like things that you completely take for granted on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was telling her about one time when I was like walking down the street on campus, like tripping my nuts off and yeah, I stopped and I was like touching these leaves on this tree. And I was like watching, I was like looking at all the veins flowing through the leaf and everything and mm-hmm. I was, like this leaf and myself are the exact same fucking thing. Are one. Yeah. And it yes. just, it seems way too, it just seems too similar to be coincidental. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, and, and like the whole like thing with trees processing sunlight and chlorophyll to produce oxygen so we can continue to live like, right. It's so perfect. Yeah, it, it's harmonious. It's homogenous. It's it's just uh, it, we coexist off each other, and it just seems like it wouldn't be a coincidence that the universe happened that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if humans just happened to be created and then were left here and didn't have any way of like to survive, and we had to like create oxygen or something like that, I'd probably be like, all right, there's no god. Like we 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 had to do this. Mm. You know, like we didn't have to like look for it. Like life was just constantly around us all the time. Mm. That's a good insight, man. I like that take. And that's where I see God on a day-to-day basis. Wow. Yeah. I love how you use the word God too. I love your, your, um, diversity in your application of, of that word. And I think that's really where like the Buddhism and the Hinduism and stuff like comes in. I mean, they're not really into the word God, but Right, there's Brahmin and... Yeah, like the new agey kind of aspect of it. Like, the soul is God. Like, I... Pete Holmes, back to him, like... Yeah, he's great. The most romantic thing I've ever heard anybody say was he was talking about how him and his now wife, Valerie, were like... I can't remember if they were tripping or if they were just completely sober, but... He said he like looked into her eyes and just said, I see you in there. And like by that, he meant, I see your soul. I see God. I see the universe in you. Like I see, I see you in there. Like that's just a shell. And I was like that. That's great. The most beautiful, romantic thing I've ever heard. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. I see you bear. 
I see your essence sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm not like looking at you. I'm looking inside you. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's very intimate. It's very intimate and romantic. You're right. Super intimate. Yeah. I like that. How would you, um, before we get too far away from it, how, how would you compare and contrast, uh, shrooms and LSD as far as the trip goes? Because I have a take on it too. If you're, if you're comfortable talking about oh, yeah, it, yeah, we can talk about it. I don't think my parents will listen to this. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that they're gonna. So LSD, to me, I don't personally. I don't really trip off LSD. I, okay. I, if anything, I get a kind of a body high, and my thinking gets a little different. But I've never like visually tripped off of it. Okay. How, how many how many hits have you taken at once? Uh, the most I've ever done is two and a half. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd be tripping. I mean, off, I, I trip off one hit. I mean, it, and the thing about LSD is you never know if it's real. Yeah. It's synthetic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where I, I, that's the, that's, that's where I was going with it. But really what I think is, and this might be me tooting my horn or thinking that I'm like way more advanced than I actually am. But I, um, I think my brain is already firing like on those synapses. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like I'm already, I'm already thinking like that. So it's you're naturally gonna, tripping. Yeah. So it's not going to like fucking change anything for me. Like, I mean, and the the thing is, like, I've never had a spiritual revelation on LSD before. Okay. But mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Fuck. They're so much more organic. I think. I think the trip, like, you know what you're getting. It's it's more familiar and organic, and it, it feels like I, I've had parallel experiences on LSD, but it's I think it's less frequent because there's so much just like there's so many like like two CI, you know, all all this synthetic shit that yeah I, I've never like done anything like that. I'm not. I think half the time maybe you have, but you thought it was LSD. It's impossible. It's very, you know what I mean? Like there's so much shit out there that people just say, oh, it's acid. Yeah. I mean, I try not to buy acid because of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I purposefully steer away from it. Like it's dangerous. Yeah. It's just, it, and it, it lasts so much longer than mushrooms. I'm not True. really down for a 10 to 12 hour trip. It's just, it stops being fun at a certain It's exhausting. Point. Yeah. It's 12 super- hours of tripping. By the end of it, you're like, when is this going to end? When am I going to go back to thinking how I normally think? Exactly. Uh, but mushrooms, once again, like they say, DMT is the god particle, or or the, the oh right, the, the dream spirit molecule. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And that might be true, but I think mushrooms are like a connection to God. And I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about it the other day. Like he was talking about how like there's a theory that the Jews never actually. How long were they wandering through the desert? Oh, like forty years. Yeah. So or something. There's a forty in there somewhere. I'm not. Something like that. But there's a theory that they never actually did that. Okay. The theory is that they actually accidentally ingested a fuck ton of psilocybin mushrooms. (laughs) Oh man. You know what I'm saying? And there's a there's a lot of. Apparently, there's a lot of evidence that, like, books of the Bible that were never released talk about psilocybin mushrooms. Okay, okay. Rogan was talking about how, like, um, some 
ancient like depictions of of uh, angels instead of like the the halo the ring that we know about it's more like a mushroom shape above their head and i was just like i was like that's pretty interesting no i love that yeah yeah i think mushrooms are much more connected to god than people admit because it's used for people use it to just have fun and like take it parties and get weird you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. no one and i don't i shouldn't say no one because a lot of people use it for the right reasons i like to use it for the right reasons right but most people, especially at people our age, just want to experience like what's past that veil. Uh-huh. They abuse it, I think. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I I mean, I've probably tripped like 20 times, which probably isn't like a lot compared to some people, but it definitely gave me my fair share. Mm-hmm. I'm probably just shy of that. I'm close to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to some people like, dude, there's some people who just are tripping all the time and I've seen people's heads be like, it's, it's like they're mentally ill after that. If, if they like spend a summer tripping yeah. after that, they're never the same. Well, yeah. And uh, sometimes I think it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it's a fine line. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. It really is like, cause I think what it is. Because like it's the same with people who do like thumbprints. Have you ever heard of that? Heard about that before? No, I haven't. No, what, what is that? So you take crystal, like crisp, pure crystal LSD, like before it liquefies or whatever, and then you take your thumb and you just press <sighs> it down. That's a lot. And it's supposedly like close to like a hundred some hits, maybe more. Oh. I've read stories of people who have done multiple thumbprints, and they just like. <sighs> They're like, I've never come down, basically. And I think what it is is that they've completely taken themselves out of reality mm. to a point where, like, there's just no veil there anymore. Like, they're constantly seeing tracers and tetrahedron patterns across the wall. But I don't think that that's technically mental illness. I think that's, like, what is actually there. Mm. Because, I mean, they say that the universe exists within at least 12 dimensions. You know what I'm saying? Kind of, but kind of not. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means 100%. I, I understand the idea of, like, interdimensional beings being able to s- step. Oh, I like the comparison of, like, an ant, you know, living in two dimensions and then human living in three. Like, that's something I can wrap my head around. And then yeah. say, okay, that on the next level, that's what the, a fifth dimension would be outside of time, you know, like the fourth dimension or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. the fifth dimension would be like your the what what we would call the astral plane, you know, and, and shit like that. I just don't know how you get up to twelve. Like, I I can't wrap my head around twelve. Yeah, and, and it's hard to because like what would be in those other dimensions? But have you ever seen that show, The Good Place? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that show. Yeah. Okay, so in the very, or not the very first episode, but there's an episode in the first season where Ted Danson, like, uh, what's her name? The, the main character. Yeah, I can't remember I her know, name. I'm that, not sure. That blonde girl. The blonde girl. <laughs> she walks into Ted Danson's office and he's like really fucking flustered and she's just like, what's wrong? And he kind of like, pushes everything aside and he's just like oh i forgot you or he says it's cluttered and he like kind of like does this with the air like he pushes Mm -hmm. it away from him and then he's like oh wait i forgot you can't see in 10 dimensions and it's just like 
Okay. Wow. Okay. I don't remember that moment. That's really good, though. I I, I saw the fir- the whole first season. Is there a second yeah. one out yet? Yeah, it's on TV right now. It's really good. I think okay. it's really good. I remember the big turn. I don't want to give any spoilers or anything, but I remember the big turn at the end of the first season. Yeah, and it's really, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, it's super good. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, he does that, and I was just like, huh. So it's like it, it's like it's kind of it's it's kind of known. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's getting more it's, mainstream. Yeah, I don't want to say known per se, you know, but it, it's it, it's accepted across different levels of society. Unless they just like did their deep research about spirituality and stuff like that. Right. Oh, but getting back to mushrooms and stuff like that, I don't really like doing them anymore, honestly. Yeah, I I don't know the last time I tripped, man. It's been probably... The last time I tripped was like last summer, I'll be honest. Okay. Um, but I, I did them with my friends because they came to town and one of my one of them who came to town had never done them before. And I just had them like they were old, yeah. you know, they had probably degraded some. So I was just like, let's just let's just fucking do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Have it, have like a, you know, a giggly afternoon and go look at the clouds outside because, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what you want to do the first time you're tripping. You don't really oh, yeah. sit there and listen to mantras. Get deep into. Yeah. It can get scary. Like if you go too deep. When you're first exposed to it, I think I, I've I've been scared. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I definitely got weirded out my first time, and there was a, there was one time where I, oh man, I I like I like telling this story just because it's so fucking trivia. But um, I only took like gram this one time. Okay. Yeah, and it, that's anyone, not much. Yeah, if anyone listening has ever done it, they know that that's not a lot. Like three and a half grams is a pretty basic. And I've never eaten. Oh, that. you never had that much? I've I've eaten over a quarter. How much have you had? The most I've ever had is like two and a half grams. Okay, okay. Were they like blue veined and a lot, a lot of caps and stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that that'll, uh, yeah, that'll hit you a lot harder. So this one, st- I have I have two really good stories of tripping. So this one, I um, I ate a gram. And I was just, I thought it was just going to be a normal, weird trip. Because this was before I had, like, kind of started to get in touch with myself on them and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I was going through this, another breakup. Um, I feel like a lot of my stories link back to me having my heart broken. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a catalyst, man, you know. And uh, I will say this, every every relationship I've had has ended in a breakup. (laughs) Yeah. That is how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, so I was going through this breakup, and I thought I was just going to have, like, a weird kind of trippy day, you know what I'm saying? And it was homecoming. I don't remember what year it was. Okay, okay. Homecoming is a weird time. It's a weird yeah. cultural thing. Shit, shit ton of people. I didn't, like, go to the game or anything, but I went over to my friend's house because um, they were having some people over. And I was just sitting on this porch completely by myself while everyone else is like socializing and drinking and everything. And you're on, you're on your level. You're on another level. Yeah. I'm on a a different fucking universe basically. You know what I'm saying? Like my now friend Connor, we had never really even like spoken before this. I think we had met like once or twice prior to this. Um, and he just comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, are you okay? 
And I was like, dude, I'm dripping. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, I thought you were, but I didn't want to assume. Cause he was like, I've done this many times and, um, takes one to no one. Exactly. And, um, he was like, listen to this grateful dead set. And this was before I was like into jam stuff as well. Or mm-hmm. I mean, I like had my intro with fish and everything. Yeah. I was gonna say you're a fish head. Yeah. I never really like had my intro to the dead or anything. And he was like, here's some headphones, take my phone. I'm going to put this, this like seminal dead dead show on and you can just go sit inside and enjoy it wow he was looking out man yeah he really was and um so i went inside and i just like got lost in like the energy and the vibes of the music and everything and i was sitting on this couch looking at this blank wall and i literally watched like tracers neon lights form a rectangle on this wall and I literally sat there and watched a movie of my life. Whoa. Yeah. And I was wow. just like, holy shit. You know, and it probably only, you know, it was like an hour long, but like it, it was like my whole life condensed into that. And, and if anyone listening has ever done these drugs, you know that time ceases to be a real thing. Right. So is that part of the theory with the, um, with the Hebrews was they, they thought it was 40 years, but they were just tripping their nuts off. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So time, time is irrelevant. Uh-huh. Time is a main construct. It's not real. Right. Um, that's something I like firmly believe in. Like we only, we, we have time to, to measure when the sun rises and when the sun sets and when we have to go to work and when we have to go home, you know, shit like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I sat there and watched a movie of my life and it was, it, I saw like all these like mistakes I had made and all these, you know, things I had done right. And it's, it was just very heavy and it was very weird. And yeah, dude. Kind of like a different person almost. I was like, I, I should probably live a little bit differently. Mm, yeah. That's like the perfect trip experience. Yeah. That's what you want right there. So then the last time I had a really serious trip, um, was with Isaac Masterson. Masterson. Yeah, I know. I know you and him aren't like super tight or anything, but um, we just had a weird time in our relationship. Yeah. We just had a weird time. We don't have to go into it. I, I love Masterson. I do. Yeah. And I yeah. at the time I was really frustrated with him. Yeah. I don't think I was unjustified to be frustrated, but we just had a clash. We just had a clash. Is all. Yeah, and I like I I'll agree with you on being justified about that. I appreciate that. Thank you. So him and I tripped together. I took, I I had been given this mushroom chocolate and I had eaten a third of it, like maybe a month before that. Cause like the person who gave it to me was just like, just eat, eat a third and see how you feel. And then if that's good, eat the rest of it in one go. I was like, cool. Do you know how much was in there? No idea. See, that's, that's kind of (laughs) scary. Yeah. Uh, and he had a bag of like actual you know organic mushrooms you know shroomies. like real yeah shroomies and i had been to a fish show the previous summer or earlier that yeah no because this was we did it on 420 of 26 17 17 perfect 2017. yeah 
And then, so that previous summer I went to a fish show and I ran into this guy before the show and he was just like, Oh, I'm shipping nuts. I was like, that's super cool, man. Like have fun. You, uh, he was like, if you ever, if you ever do mushrooms, the best way to do it is to blend them up with orange juice. And I was like, all right, I'm going to log that one away for future use. Right. Yeah. Good tip. Um, cause they're hard to down. They're hard to down them. I'll, I'll say that for the listener. I mean, they taste like they taste like shit, but they I, literally I taste like, like shit because they have to grow in cow shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that real? Shit. Yeah, no, that's super real. Yeah, you can yeah. go patty pick and find them. Um, so I told Masterson, I was like, yeah, do, just blend it up in some orange juice, and he did that, and apparently it got real frothy, and he like had to like choke it down. Basically, he said it tasted awful. Oof. His it fucked up his stomach real hard. Oh, you don't want that when you're tripping, dude. Like having the shits yeah. when you're tripping is the worst. It's like, is this part of this part of me that is disgusting is coming out of me? I don't I want to get too graphic, but it's like it's the yeah. worst in my head. It's been like the worst experience having the shits on your tripping. I, I've definitely pooped <laughs> on mushrooms, and it's definitely weird. It's, it's definitely weird. weird. It's not good. It's like, is this me that's coming out of me? Is this my body? What is this? It's like, that, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> it's a trip. A little yeah, trip. I agree with you, man. <laughs> so I'm sitting there smiling, just having a great time. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's got the stomach rumblies. Yeah, this was literally maybe like two one or two months after I had like found Buddhism and like mantras and everything like that. So like my brain and my third eye was just like exploding out of me. You know what I'm saying? Before I had ever taken those drugs, my, my brain was just firing on a whole different level. So like he was just like, dude, I'm so sick. I was like, go throw up, man. You'll still trip. You'll still have a great time. You'll feel better. Just get out of the way. It'd be unpleasant, but just get it over with. Yeah, so he went and threw up and came back in the living room and, like, buried his face in this pillow and just, like, like holding his stomach, buried his face in this pillow. And he, at one point, he, like, kind of looks up at me and he was like, dude, you look like you're having an amazing time. Like, what are you over there saying to yourself? And I was repeating this Tibetan mantra. Wow. That I had learned. And... I still say it to myself every once in a while if I need it, you know, but, um, can I ask you what it is? Let me, let me pull it up. Yeah, no, no, no. Take, yeah, go for it. While I'm looking it up, I can tell you how I found it. So yeah, after the breakup and I was like getting into Ram Dass and, and everything like that, I, um, was curious as to like what I could listen to or mm-hmm. say, to like kind of get my mind off of stuff, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it almost sounds like building your own religion, sort of thing, like or not, not philosophy, almost or, or practice or ritual. Definitely. Yeah. And I literally just googled Tibetan mantras for like feeling better or something like that, and this album came up called Tibetan Mantras for Turbulent Times. For anyone listening, you can find this on Spotify. It's fucking incredible. It's uh, it's an hour long each mantra will get you through an entire malo which is 108 times you know there's different different lengths you know some mantras are short some mantras are long uh just That's you know cool. the one that i particularly like is called perfection okay 
It's about 10 minutes long on Spotify. It's Teata Gate Gate Peragate Parasamgate Bodhisava, which Sava is God. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Is that Pali? Is it the Pali language? It's Tibetan. Tibetan, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I've read, the, I read the direct um, translation. I can't really remember, but what they describe it as on the track listing is perfection. And I was really just, I would say it to myself to just get myself out of a funk. You know, I'm just like, all right, I need to be better. I need to be more like present in my thought. And if I was like found myself wandering, I would just say that and like count my malas and everything. Mm. But um, while I was tripping, I was saying that just like kind of like murmuring it to myself under my breath. And okay. he was like, what are you saying to yourself that's making you like smile so fucking hard? Uh-huh. Like, Dude, it's, I, it's this mantra, man. Like it's taking me to a whole nother place. Like, and I was like, if you're feeling so bad, let's give this a shot. And if you don't like, cause like, like cause some people don't like mantras because they kind of get droney, you know what yeah. I mean? Repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to do. It just kind of takes you out of what you're thinking about, which is, you know. It's not about the words so much. It's it's a, it's a ritual, and it, it acknowledges that it's a ritual. I love it, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, let's – if you don't like it, we'll turn it off. Since each tra- since the track is like 10 minutes long, I like gave – I was like, give it like two or three minutes. Like, let's get into it. If you don't like it, I'll turn it off. And I'll go back to saying it to myself and I'll have a fucking great time. Yeah, sure, sure. We got through I just hit I just set it to repeat because I I love that particular mantra. And um we let it go once. We sat there with our eyes closed in complete silence and let it go for ten minutes. And I opened my eyes and I was like, How are you feeling? He was like, so much better. Oh wow. He was like, my whole body feels better. My mind feels better. Like I'm clear. And I was like, can we listen to it again? And he was like, let's do it. So after that, we basically sat there and meditated together for like 40 minutes in complete silence with our eyes closed tripping. And that was the most beautiful experience I've ever had. That's beautiful. That's the only word for it. In that like hour, you know what I'm saying? I was like. It was weird. I was literally being transported to a different world. Like I remember I just closed my eyes and I saw myself like flying over pyramids and I saw Tesla coils and I, you know, I saw energy coming out of my chest and things like that. And it was just like so fucking crazy and beautiful. Mm. And I came out of that trip and I was like, I don't need to do this anymore. Okay. I was like, this gave me what I wanted. Mm -hmm. This showed me what's out there. And then I started to learn about meditation and about how meditation can literally get you to that point without doing drugs. Wow. Yes, dude. Yes. See, that's the thing. I think that, you know, the proper application of of uh, psychedelics and stuff like that can have a place in opening your mind, but then using it as a crutch, as like the catalyst to get to that place yeah, is, it's like you a know, cheat. healthy practice. Yeah, exactly, it's a hack. It's a cheat yeah. code. It, it's a crutch. Life, if if we're gonna continue on the weird track, and life is literally just simulation theory, which is really a really really sad theory. Honestly, yeah. it's possible though. It's super possible, but it's really sad. It's very sad. I choose not to believe it. Huh? Yeah, I do. Call as well. back. 
if um if life is a video game, drugs are a cheat code, whereas meditation is like actually progressing through levels properly. Amen, dude. Putting the work in. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to meditate to to get that practice going and and the patience that it takes and stuff. Especially with all the, like we said earlier with all the distractions that we have around us. Yeah, and I I said this on a pod on my own podcast. Um I said this to a girl. I had been hearing a lot of comparisons between meditation relationships. Okay. Turbulent relationships particularly. And the idea is that so like when you're in a when you're in a serious long term relationship, like fights and squabbles and stuff are like bound to happen. It's just natural. People aren't always going to agree and be on the same page. But the idea of getting past that is to be able to come back to that place that you were both in before you were in that fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah. Meditation is the same thing as like people and that's why people break up is like cuz they can't get back to that. You know, they they don't <laughs> they don't want to put it in. They don't want to put in the work to get back to that spot. And meditation is the exact same thing where when you meditate a lot of people give up on meditation because when they do it 5 minutes in they're like this is fucking dumb. I can't quiet my mind. I keep thinking about stuff and instead of like trying to just breathe in and breathe out and set reset basically they're just like fuck this i'm not doing it that is a great comparison yeah that's perfect i wish i had come up with that i i think i heard it on pete holmes's podcast or someone i definitely heard someone else say it it's mm-hmm. that's not an idea of my own but i think it's beautiful i think it's very real and applicable to life totally man yeah, that's great. And and, and that, that's insightful. I think it sheds light both on meditation and relationships. Yeah, It's not just one in illuminating the other. I think the, it, it goes both ways because it helps you wrap your head around both. Yeah, I mean, if you want to think about it, life is active meditation, just living. You know what I'm Ooh, saying? Like, baby. If you really want to like touch on that, because I mean – I, I can say that because like I get super depressed. I mean, this past weekend, I literally could not get out of bed. Dude, I know. I know that feeling. I don't normally get like that. but You I can't shower. You can't respond to texts. You can't I ignored live. phone calls from people. Yep. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Just laid in bed. Yeah. And the idea was that I couldn't bring myself back to that point where I was before I got depressed. <sighs> Wow, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, life is active meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love so much about Buddhism. I wish I could call myself a Buddhist, but I feel like I'd be a, uh, I'd be a white boy with dreads again. I'd be like <laughs> trying to pass myself off as something that I can't be. But yeah, uh, at least you never called yourself Rasta or anything like that. <laughs> I got close, bro. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to, man. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. But uh but yeah, I, I love how Buddhism refers to itself as a practice. It's not a religion, it's a practice. And it, it's almost like in western terms again and it, it's 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 almost pretentious. Like I like pragmatic American Buddhism. I like saying that instead of saying Buddhism because the ancient tradition and rituals around real Buddhism is so different from 
pragmatic American Buddhism, which is really more of a, a philosophy that can yeah. be joined with any religion, really. I mean, I can call myself a Christian Buddhist. New Ageism, like that's where that comes in. Like I think mm-hmm. that's what you're referring to. Like I think what I say, when I say New Age and you say American Buddhism, we're talking about the exact same thing. I think so. Ram Dass falls into that into that you know little category. Uh huh. Um, and like people who learned with him and stuff, because I think when they went and learned from Maharaji and everything like that. He didn't, I mean, when you hear him talk about it, he never really taught them about Buddhism or anything. Like, if they wanted to learn that, they'd have to go off on their own and do it. Like, he kind of just taught them how to live. Yes, and that goes, that's perfect. That's full circle, man. That's the whole thing about, like, it's not about your beliefs. It's about what that application actually reflects in your life, like how that how that affects your decisions and yes, how you treat people. Like, I can subscribe to a set of beliefs without being like, okay, this is a hundred percent literal. All this shit definitely happened. Like I can appreciate the metaphor and the, the parable, like a religion is a parable yeah, that you yeah. choose to subscribe to that, that you're like, okay, I'm going to take a lesson from this. You know, I don't have to literally think that all these fucking crazy shit honestly happened. You know what I mean? Like to take something away from it and still call myself that thing. If you're honestly, lying to yourself and you believe that jesus fed 500 people with like five fish or whatever it is you know and 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 a loaf of bread like it's not a real thing you're telling yourself that it's like i would have had to 100 percent bet my life that that happened i would have to have been there man exactly like and that's even in the bible like jesus loves and i don't i'm not trying to get preachy here no, I'm no, just no, I'm, I'm just telling you that I just love this in the Bible that that I think that doubting Thomas gets a lot of shade thrown at him that he doesn't deserve. Like I'm that dude. Like if a bunch of my friends come up to me and like, "Hey, remember that dude that we just decided to up and start following and and leave? they left their families." Like that's kind of shitty, honestly. There's some stuff in there like they just the, his disciples left their families, like their wives and kids and just started left their jobs and started following this dude. That's honestly like, I'm not sure how I feel about that part. But, you know, his Thomas, his friends come up to him and they're like, you know, Jesus just died. Our teacher, this guy, he just died. And we just saw him come back. Like three days later, he's alive again. And Thomas is like, um, I'd have to see that. I'd have to literally, he, he, he says, I'd have to stick my hand in this dude's body before I believe that one. And Jesus yeah. isn't like, you're damned to hell. He shows up. In this in this story, yeah, he shows up and says, "Stick your hand in my side." You know, theoretically, that's going to hurt pretty bad. But he's yeah. like, "Hey, man, you know, I love you. I understand that you doubt. Of course, you doubt. Like this is crazy shit. Of course, you doubt." <laughs> but you know, here, check it out. And I think that's a great story. You know, I I love that. And I think that kind of relates back to drugs. Honestly, I. I, my therapist and a few other people I know don't believe, they doubt that you can have a true spiritual meaning or a meaningful trip out of it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people do. I think you have to experience it. Like, exactly. I, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. And it's like, you're just on drugs and now your brain has changed. I accept that. I Maybe that's true. But in my experience, like, I've had really big spiritual awakenings that have shaped my worldview while while tripping. I'll be honest. Exactly. I mean, so back to the, just real quick, like back to that time with Masterson. 
so after we stopped meditating, I before we had even like planned to to eat mushrooms or anything because it was kind of like a last minute uh, thing. Uh-huh. I think we like planned it out like a couple of days ahead. But there was the show down at Rockies. Oh yeah, so, I love Rockies. Got to plug Rockies. Yeah. People who are listening, Bowling Rockies Green are here in Bowling Green, and people will know like. People don't. People know bands from Bowling Green and don't realize they're from Bowling Green, like Sleeper Agent, Cage the Elephant, yeah. uh, Morning Teleportation. Uh, who else is up there? Um, Dan Luke and the Raid is, um, or not Dan Luke and the Raid? Is it Dan Luke and the Raid? Yeah, it's Dan. I Luke don't know Raid. them. That's, well, that's Matt Schultz's little brother, but I guess they're kind of oh, getting traction yes, right now. Right. I, Dan <laughs> Schultz. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but the, his band is like getting kind of some traction right now. And I mean, they just did like an audio tree session and stuff like that. But, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's talented, you know, yeah. at, uh, to, to produce sellable music as, yeah. uh, as a business, you know, Yeah, but let's, let's move away from that. Let's uh, move away from that. I agree. I was, I was starting to dig us into a hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had, I had planned to go to the show cause pizza. I was playing there that night on four twenty. And I was tripping and this girl who works there texted me and was like, Hey, you still coming? And I was just like, I guess, um, I guess I'll come down. And like, like I said, this was like right after I had this like really like spiritual, you know, moment. Yeah. So I walked down there and I got, I could see it off in the distance and I just saw this like dark fucking shadow around this place. I, like I said, once I saw it, I didn't know if I wanted to go, but I also didn't want to blow off the person who I said I'd go and see. Sure, sure. So I drug my feet over there and then I walked inside and like I said, this was like kind of like at the peak where my third eye and everything was just like ripped open. Yeah. I was just like vibrating throughout my whole body basically. And I walk in and I see, I can, I saw auras and stuff. And everyone in that place had a really, really murky, dirty aura. Ooh, yeah, that's a bad trip. I was like, maybe a good bad trip. Is is sad, and they don't yeah, know it. It's heavy. And I sat there for what felt like thirty minutes, but apparently I was only there for five. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The girl who was working that I went to go see, like, she gave me a PBR because she knew I was tripping. I didn't have to pay for it or anything. Nice. Well, even if I did have to pay for it, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, either way, I'm not sure which one is true, but I did not pay for it. <laughs> That's she all gave that. it to me, and I drank, like, because it was, you know, the glass bottle. I drank, like, the top part of the cone. Uh huh. And uh, I literally just looked up, stood up from the bar, and walked <laughs> out without saying anything. That's such a tripping thing to do. I've done that so many, just leaving without announcing it. That's such a mushroom move. Yeah. And like I said, pizza I was playing, it was just really fucking loud. And it was just, it was, everything was just really dark. Mm-hmm. Or was, I mean, the actual light in the, right. in the place was dark, you know? Was, yeah. It's a dark venue. Yeah. I was just like, this, this is not the place to be. No, I, I wouldn't want to be tripping at Rockies. I love Rockies. It, you got to. It's a drunk place. It's not a tripping place. But I'd been there tripping before when it was like super quiet on like a Wednesday. Okay. 
and that was fine just because like it's just it's such a it's just like a shotgun building it's just it's a small space when there's a lot of bodies and it's a popping place like it's a great venue yeah definitely. and a lot of big name bands you know for the area play there for you know it, it's kind of like the it's the cool place to play apart from like house shows yeah yeah definitely but it's so small and confined that it, it, it could be a bad environment with a lot of bodies in there if you're tripping yeah, and, and that, that particular night when I got up and left, there were a lot of people in there. But the other time I was in there tripping, like, the lights were on. Like I said, it was a Wednesday. It was real slow. It was, yeah. like, me and, like, probably, like, ten other people in there. There you go. See, that's, that's a good moment. Um, and I just sat there and stared at the wood grain in the bar because it's, like, it's got the, the, the polyurethane on top of it uh-huh. and it's just layered wood. So it just kind of looked like it went forever. You know what I'm saying? I literally sat yeah. there like a mental conversation with this wood. Uh, was nice. Like, was like me and this wood are the same thing. Totally dude. Have you seen that show? New girl? Yeah. Yeah. I love new girl. Dude. Me too. Um, do you remember the one where Nick is, uh, tripping on shrooms in college and, and, uh, Schmidt loses his virginity He's and like, his hand, his hand's a magnet stuck to the wall. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and he's having a conversation with a troll on the end yeah. of his bunk bed. <laughs> yes, he's like, I, I meant to leave and go to the Dave Matthews concert, but the troll on the end of my bed wouldn't let me leave. He's like, I'm sure you're a very nice individual, but I, I need to go now. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's like that somebody who is tripped really hard had that exact experience and wrote it down. Like you cannot make that up. No. It's so perfect. Yeah, like you have to have, because you can, you see stuff on TV and stuff where like people are doing drugs and it's just like they're completely wrong. It's just completely wrong. That's all it is. Like, right, right. Like everything's all wavy. Yeah, it's like that's not real, man. Like, uh-huh. it's not how it is. At Seeing all. pink elephants and stuff. Like, every time that I've been around, I've been tripping on Sid and I've been around people who've never done acid before. And I tell them I'm tripping. They're like, oh, do you see, like, dinosaurs and elephants and stuff? I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about right now. Exactly. And those yeah. are the people that go to Hollywood and write shitty scripts. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's the, that's the connection there. Somehow, the people who are the authority on this shit have never touched it before. <laughs> yeah. The people who are setting the mainstream perception of it have never experienced it. It's the same thing with like Jeff Sessions and stuff like that. Like that dude has never done a drug in his life. Obviously. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's the, he's the, 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 um, attorney general right now. Okay. I'm embarrassed. I should know that. Okay. No, he's, he's the one who's like fucking revamping this whole like war on drugs and everything yeah okay i i I do know who who you're talking about yeah but i i'm embarrassed i didn't know that name but yeah okay i got you that's totally fine he might i'm pretty sure he's the attorney general i could be wrong but that sounds right sessions yeah yeah yep attorney general i got that right fuck yeah yes nailed it politics baby (laughs) you get mistaken for a person who reads the newspaper these days (laughs) hard copy (laughs) you know who the attorney general is that's great but yeah it's like clear that that dude has never done a drug in his life i mean he thinks that smoking weed will make you go out and have a psychotic break and start murdering Uh people it's just like no that's gonna do the exact opposite homie. all contraire my friend exact opposite sit around and you might make some jokes and then (laughs) 
make some, some really dumb weird jokes combinations like that's about it some weird You'll, food combinations you said yeah 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 well have you ever like seen those like super deluxe videos or anything like that yes dudes are stoned stoned as shit i saw a video the other day where they were literally pouring cheese on stuff I was just like, pouring cheese. <laughs> just pouring cheese on food. I was like, you have to be high to want to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, and like all the bacon. Those fucking epic mealtime dudes. Those dudes have to be stoned. Oh yeah, like totally. you can't. You just wouldn't want to eat that. You wouldn't want to. It wouldn't be good. <laughs> it wouldn't. Yeah, you you have to be high. But yeah, like that dude is the prime example of someone like that who's just never. That's great. Yeah. And then formed an opinion on it based mm-hmm. on what he's seen on TV. It was like he watched Reefer Madness once when he was a kid and he was just like, marijuana's the devil. Dude, Reefer Madness. Thank you for bringing that up. What a propaganda flick. Like what a piece of work that just shaped an entire generation's cultural perception of what this one thing was. What propaganda, man. How effective was that? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that dude sitting there in the corner, that iconic little scene, giggling, and like bobbing his head. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's on crack or something. I don't even know what they're basing this off of. Like, yeah. what this is supposed to be replicating? Who saw something that resembled this and mistook it for weed or something? Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what that or fa- is. It just fabricated. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But like, people who were smoking weed back then were playing jazz music (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) they're beatniks yeah isn't that a word beatnik beatnik yeah uh jack kerouac was a beatnik like pre-hippie or hipster yeah yeah. it's like the pre-hipster proto-hipster yeah yep train hopping yeah all that i'm not really a jack kerouac person i don't really know too much about him if i'm being honest yeah but he's the the beatnik guy yeah, he's like the fucking – he would be like the president of that group. <laughs> the president of the Facebook group of the Beatniks. Yeah. <laughs> the, he, he started that Facebook group. He started that group. <laughs> well, it's just funny because like have you ever seen um, – is it called the – the book is called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The documentary about Ken Kesey, I think, is called. I don't think it's called that. That's where the term "drinking the Kool Aid" comes from, right? No. Oh no, that's from uh, people. That's from people in cults killing themselves with alien abductions. Jonestown. Jonestown. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just finished up like a five-part um, podcast series about Jonestown. It was fucking. Weird, that sounds right up your alley. Yeah. I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. What's the name of that one NPR podcast that you referenced me to? Serial? Yes, Serial. Like, wow. You, that was so good. You, I I should say this, like, you were so generous putting me up when I visited Bowling Green most recently. And then you, you, uh, plugged that podcast to me. And on the drive back to Kansas City from Bowling Green, that's when I started listening to it. And it was so good, dude. Like, I, cause I, I know that your taste, like, if you're into something, you're into it and you know it through and through. Like, you're my default music reference. You introduced me to Tiny Moving Parts, who I now, now I I live in Minnesota, I have to see. I, like, yesterday it dawned on me, like, oh my God. I have to go see it on Sunday. No way. Do they really? Yeah. Or or in Nashville. I have to, I I can't go though. Oh, bummer, bro. 
Well, like I wanted to go, but my friend Alex was like, let's long before I knew they were playing. He was like, let's go see this, this electronic group called big gigantic. He loves that band. And I was just like, yeah, let's go see them. You've wanted to see them for fucking years and I'll oblige. And, um, they're cool. I don't know if it's something I particularly like want to see live, but I might have a really good time. But then I found out that that was on the same night. And I was just like, fuck. Oh, and you already committed. Yeah, I really I wanted see. to go see Mom Jeans. Have you ever listened to them before? No. Do you have like a poster of them or something though? Because I know that name. Like maybe you've talked to me about them or maybe you showed them to me on your I computer or something. I think so. I literally just found them back in November. Okay, well then I heard from it's somewhere possible else. Possible that you've seen that name before because they had an album come out in 2016. Okay, which is the album that I found, and they're like these days they're like my default like sad sad music. Nice. The whole, their whole record is just really sad. I love emo still, dude. I'm not afraid to say it. I think we've talked about this before. I'm unabashedly as everyone I know. It seems like from high school who was so into emo is like so ashamed. Now they're yeah. hipsters. I love and they're you. so ashamed of that of that past. But like screamo and emo, man, I love it. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 more like punky. Like there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, it's not. I don't know what to call it. Revive emo, revival emo. Yes, yeah, that kind of style. Like twinkly emo type stuff. Twinkly, yes, yeah, yeah. American football esque. Yeah, Algernon Cavalotter. Stuff like that, yeah. Yes. You have a lot of, like, double tapping and things like that. But uh-huh. Math Rock bleeds into it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I found one song of theirs called Edward Forty Hands, and I just thought it was a really funny title. And, like, the intro to that song has this, like, little clip from Bob's Burgers, and I thought that was really funny. Dude, I think I've heard that song. I would... I, I, can I play it? Maybe, yeah, do it. Do it, please. The album is called Best Buds, and here's here's just the intro to Edward Forty Hands real quick. Sorry, it's just people are complaining. Too bad! They want to know if you guys can maybe try tuning up again or no. just play on the beat and just do it right. No! Sick, dude. It's a lot of fun. The lyrics are kind of sad. Um, but I, I started listening to them because it reminded me of the girl I was dating at the time. Because like the opening lyrics are, um, what do you want me to say? I'm never going away. I'm stuck to you like the smell of cigarettes on your flower dress. And I was just like, and, and it really hit me. And then like, and then after I broke up, after we broke up, like the that same song really hit me as well because like I talk about it on my episode with Benazel. Like there, there's a there's a lyric in there as well where it's like, um, hold on, I don't want to like fuck it up. No, go for it, dude. You're you're a great guest. You're so professional and efficient, and you know how podcasts work. You know. Yeah, it's all I do, man. Is listen. Yeah, I to- dig it. I love it. You're a great guest. Thanks for doing this, man. For real, I, I'm sure I'll say it again, but it's such a favor. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I'm having fun. I've been wanting to get talk about spirituality for a while, so no doubt. Yeah, it's a good I, it's a good in. You know, like everyone has a take on it. Either they reject it, they like it, they like parts of it. You know. Yeah. 
So when I was dating this girl, I, well, before we had started dating, I was like off cigarettes and everything. And I wasn't really drinking. Just, I was pretty clean. And, uh, while we were dating and I, it all rushed back because she smoked, she fucking drank a shit ton, you know, like borderline alcoholic type stuff. Okay. And, um, so like this line really fucking hit me after we broke up cause I was just so sad and I missed her. I broke up with her, but like, it was, it was really hard for me to do like, oh yeah, man, right. I'm still really fucked up over it. Mm-hmm. This line really hit me real hard after we broke up where it's, um, and now I'm addicted to cigarettes. At first I didn't let myself inhale, but smoke got through and so did you. And now every burn hole smells like home. I just got chills, bro. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. And that's from the same song, you know, and it's just, um, the whole album's pretty sad, honestly. There's a lot of stuff. There's like a line in another song where it's like, um, I loved you more than I ever loved myself and things like that. And that's kind of how I felt, you know, I was like, I love myself, but like, I loved her, you know, and it was like, wow. That reminds me almost of a, of some tiny moving parts lyrics, but they're, they're more positive. But they have some, like, like Vacation Bible School. Like, some of those lyrics, like, I came with confidence, I left with emptiness. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just some of that shit is just so deep. And it's still emo, but, like, I, I like how they, they kind of have an uplifting yeah. tint to them. They're touring with Tiny Moving Parts right now. Oh, uh, Mom Jeans? Yeah. So if they're coming to, to where you're anywhere near you uh, at the back end of this tour, you should go go check it out. Totally, man. dude. Oh, that's a, Yeah. That's so perfect. I really just wanted to go and see them because I have moments where I cry at shows. Yeah, I cry all the time, man. I haven't had that moment in a while, and I, I was just like, man, I really need to go to a show and hear this live and just stand in the back of this room and cry. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I cried, on, I cried on a podcast episode once. I have one episode where I start crying. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck it. Put it out there. I haven't gotten there yet, but... <laughs> it's it's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen eventually. I mean, I don't think it's yeah. embarrassing. I mean, I've I've cried in front of most people I know at this point. Yeah, I, it's silly that it's it's supposed to be this like unmanly men don't cry. Like, what the fuck is that? Shut up. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of my town. Oh, there's a there's another mom jeans lyric about that. Hold on. Song is called Death Cup. Um, and it opens with this line and it's just, uh, I think it's about time that I warned you. I might cry in front of you. Sick. Nailed it. Yeah. That's so it's so good. So real. It's just, it's um, so good. Oh, that's great. We should say for the listener who's not super into emo and, and has these pre existing assumptions about emo, we ain't talking no Hawthorne Heights here. No. Okay. We ain't talking no, uh, there's nothing about cutting your wrists or, you know, dressing in all black or anything like that. Cut my wrists and black my eyes. Nothing like that. This is the real shit here, guys. This is exactly. this is some Everclear. Emotional stuff, you know. Yes. And, I mean, and I think the, the thing about emo is that people have all these preconceived notions. But if you've ever been through a breakup and, and felt something, you can relate to these lyrics. Yes. Anyone can relate That's to these deep. Lyrics. That's good. That's a great emo plug, man. We should start an emo defenders group on Facebook or something. <laughs> I would get in on that. But emo um, apologists. 
Yeah, dude. The, 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 check out that record, Best Buds. It's really good. Anyone else, if you if you heard those lyrics that I just said and you've ever felt that way, go listen to the album Best Buds by Mom Jeans. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. You got great plugs, man. And I, I 100% endorse blindly. You're like one of two or three people who I'll blindly endorse anything that you plug <laughs> because I know your taste and I know that you're not going to plug something unless you're behind it. Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, this record, I mean, it still makes me really fucking sad, but, like, so, like, I broke up with this girl, and it was just really, really bad. Like, I'll tell you the whole story. Like, we're we're here. I don't know how long we've been going. We've been, oh, shit, we've been going an hour 48. It's, I might think it's a two-parter. That's fine. Um, yeah. I'll tell you the whole story, man, or at least I'll give you, like, the back end of it. All right, don't say I didn't warn you guys. It's a two-parter. This is, I think, a good place to drop anchor and kind of leave you in suspense, leave your mouth watering for more next time for part two of my interview with the one and only Doug K. Make sure you check out Tiny Moving Parts and Mom Jeans and Doug's podcast, which, again, is called We Busy But Creative, My Dude. It's on all your favorite podcast apps, like most podcasts. Doug's amazing, isn't he? Now you're getting to know him a little bit. You see what I see in this guy. He's awesome. So I'm going to finish the episode with music like I always do. This time, though, it's somebody else's music. It ain't mine. This is Tiny Moving Parts with Vacation Bible School. See you guys next week. I love you.